0: Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. As always, thank you so much for joining us and listening to our episodes of the show. It's a lot of fun for me to be able to create this community of people who listen. Some people leave comments on the Facebook page. I get tweets now and then. But the most amazing part for me is when I speak at a conference, how many people come up to me and say, I started listening to your show before we got here. Maybe they read in the program that I had the podcast. Maybe I interviewed one of their speakers or one of the board members of the company or the association who I'm speaking for. But in the end, people come up and they tell me why they really like the show. I got an email from a friend of mine the other day who specifically spelled out which episodes really impacted him and his career. That, that's great. If you like the show, please reach out and let me know. The other thing is, is now is a great time To join the Cool Things Project. If you're a regular listener of the show, you know that several months ago I decided to start this group coaching program because a couple of people asked me that if I had anything like that in my offerings, and I didn't, and I really didn't think anybody would join. But now we have a small and mighty group. We have a weekly video call where we talk about what's going in our business, on in our businesses, and we've been doing it long enough now where people are starting to take action, and those actions are leading them to mastering new skills, to innovate, and they're actually looking like these calls, these little chats in our little community and the ideas that people share are actually going to help people do more in their lives and their career. So if you would like to join the Cool Things Project, now is the time to do it. Jump over to tomsinger.com, go to the About button, pull it down, and find the Group Coaching Program button, and that'll give you all the information you need to know. So, today I want to talk about innovation and mastery and knowledge because I'm going through some changes in my business. I've had a couple of great clients recently, and when I get the chance to attend and speak at a conference, or maybe I'm the master of ceremonies, I also listen to the other keynote speakers and I attend the breakouts and every now and then I get inspired. And I was at a tech conference recently and the people at this conference were really doing amazing things that were impacting and changing their industries and, and changing the world. And I started looking at my own business and I said, what am I doing? And I got stuck on do I have all the information that I need to be as good as I can be in creating my business. And I had a conversation with an engineer and he told me that we no longer seek information. There's so much information out there. We now need to seek mastery. We need to be as good as we can at the things that we do. We need to produce amazing products if we want our companies to succeed. He told me that to be leaders in our businesses, we need to find a way. We need to find a way to raise the level of how we perform as an individual, as a group, and our products need to find that way to perform more. That we have to master the skills that it takes to do the best job that we can because competition is more than it has ever been. And in our conversation, we decided competition isn't going to go away. The only way that we can stand out is if we do more because knowledge alone is not power. Do you remember the old expression, knowledge is power? Now, everybody has knowledge. Pull out your smartphone, Google search anything that crosses your mind, and guess what you'll find? All the knowledge you could need. Now, certainly there's more knowledge that will be discovered, but it's no longer about taking a class and researching something. Knowledge alone is not enough. It's It's only a little piece of the puzzle. We have to have more. Information about a random topic also doesn't do us any good. So what if I have information about how to design a microchip? I'm a professional master of ceremonies and keynote speaker. I don't know why that information would be important. So knowledge isn't necessarily power. But before we can master our careers, we have to have a compelling vision of what we want to accomplish. We have to set the goals that will really help keep us going. The way I like to describe goals, it's as if you've ever taken a little kid bowling. If you take a little kid to the bowling alley, you push a couple of buttons and the bumpers come up out of the out of the alley, out of the gutters. And the reason for that is, is bowling can be very discouraging. A three-year-old goes and rolls the ball and bam, it goes in the, butter, the gutter. They never knock down any pins. That ruins them on the whole sport. So when we put up the bumpers, we're able to help them roll along. Well, we need to do that in our business, and that's what a compelling vision and goals are. They're the bumpers that keep us on track. because I'll tell you, when you have very clear goals that you can articulate and people understand, number one, people want to get behind you and help you. I find people want to help me succeed. I had a friend the other day walk into his boss, deliver one of my books and say, this friend of mine is doing some amazing things and I know that our company has a lot of events. I think this person should be somebody we consider. That's because my friend understands my vision of what I want to do and he understands that it's entirely a word of mouth business and he wanted to help me. I didn't ask it, it wasn't my idea, he wanted to help me. So that's the first thing. I think that when you have goals, it helps other people understand what you do, what you're trying to accomplish. They want to be part of your team. But the second thing is that having goals makes it so easy to answer the tough questions. You come to a fork in the road. All you have to do is ask yourself, does this decision that I'm about to make take me closer to my goal, lead me towards my vision, or does it take me farther away? And the answer becomes simple. If it leads you farther away, that's not the direction that you go. And if you have a clear vision, others are going to follow you. They don't just want to help you. They're going to follow you. So if you want to be a leader, you have to have a clear vision and goals of where you're headed. Because nobody wants to get on the train if they don't know where the train's going. They have to know what that destination, destination is. Now, you might change along the way. But if you do it right, people will still follow you. Now I find the people that I know they all want to see their businesses thrive or their career thrive. People want to do more. It's in it's in our DNA. We want to leave a mark. We want to find ways to do things. But I believe that a sustainable business is key for the entrepreneur or that entrepreneurial person who is inside a company. Sustainable business is the key to peace of mind because we drive ourselves crazy all the time when things aren't stable, when they're not sustainable. And I know this from my own career, when I worked for other companies, if the company had problems, if there was a bad culture, if, if there was, you know, some divisiveness going on, if there was a lot of backstabbing and gossip, I never felt good about what was going on. If I wasn't feeling good, I couldn't thrive, I couldn't succeed. And in running my own business as a solopreneur, I will tell you flat out that on the years that it has been leaner, I have a lot more pressure on me. I worry a lot. My wife says I don't have to worry that I've always made it work out, that I need to just move forward, but I'm the primary breadwinner for my family and it can be scary. Now in the years that I'm doing well and I feel it's all sustainable, it allows me to come up with new ideas and start new projects and try new things. So sustainability and actually having consistency in the business That has been very, very important for me, and I bet for all of you, you would agree with that. There are five areas that I think that we have to focus on if we want to have a sustainable business. Now, I would love to tell you that I'm a superstar in all of these, but in reality, I'm only okay at three of them. One doesn't really apply to me, and the last one I just stink at the five areas that I think we have to have if we want to have that sustainable business, we have to put a focus on them. And number one is you have to put a focus on yourself. And that goes with a lot of areas. Number one is you have to take care of yourself. You have to be somebody who is healthy. I know in my own life I was, I was a little bit overweight and I wasn't eating right and I wasn't getting enough sleep. And I was probably drinking too much and certainly drinking too much coffee and eating way too much processed sugar. And it affected me. My drive went down. As I got older, I wasn't able to keep it up. So I've found that as I've cleaned up my diet and I'm exercising more and I'm working hard to hydrate and I'm getting sleep, I'm actually much more clear on what I'm trying to do with my own personal business and the people who I serve. The second area you need to focus on is your market, your clients, the the, the area, that the, the piece of the world that is your slice of the pie. You have to put some focus on that and you have to know who is my competition? What are they doing so well? And I see so many people who just diss their competition. They say, oh, my competition sucks. I'll tell you what, if they're still in business, they don't suck. Most people are pretty good at what they do. And so just writing them off as crummy is no good because if they're getting some of the business and they suck that bad, I hate to tell you that doesn't look good on you because if you're that good and they're that bad, you should have all the business. So it really doesn't help your psyche to say they suck and then they beat you at a, at a deal. You need to focus on that business and figure out who is my client, what's going on with them, what is the pain point, who are my competitors, what do they do better than I am and give it a lot of thought. You have to understand what it is that the people who hire you want to accomplish. I do this in my own business. The first question I ask when I talk to somebody who's having a meeting is what do you want to accomplish with that meeting? And if we can have a clear conversation and I can walk away fully understanding what it is that they want to achieve with their meeting, they hire me. Whenever I don't have that clarity, I don't understand what they want. And that could be because we have a communication error. It could be that I just don't understand Or it could be they don't understand. But any time we get into a gray area, I don't win the sale. So it is so important that I focus on what my client needs and what's going on in that marketplace. The third area to focus on is marketing, sales, and client development. And I will tell you that sales and I think marketing and client development loops into this Without sales, all of our businesses die. I don't care who you work for. I don't care what organization you're in. I don't care what industry it is. If you don't have sales, your business is going to die. So we have to market. We have to do PR. We have to generate leads. We have to follow up with those leads. And we have to close the sales. And we have to make that a priority. The fourth one, you have to focus on your people. Now, this is the one that doesn't apply to me because I am truly a solopreneur. I don't even have very many contractors that I use to help me with projects. I find ways to get most things done myself, and I elicit the help of some friends. Uh, My daughter does a little bit for me. Uh, My wife is involved and supportive of the business. She doesn't work in the business, but I don't have... A staff. I don't have a team. And I think that if you do, even if it's just one virtual assistant, you have to make that person feel special. You have to make them a priority. Now, that doesn't affect me because I truly am a solopreneur, but a lot of people who listen to the show are managers of a staff. Are you really giving them the attention they need? Do you understand what their motivation is? Why do they come to work every day? What is it that they need to feel complete, to feel significant? In your workplace, make sure you're paying attention to your people. And sometimes it's not just the people who report to you. It can be your equals. It can be your superiors inside a company, but you have to find out what matters to others. And then the fifth one, and this is the one I said that I just stink at, is systems. I have a friend who is a professional speaker who has doubled his business in the last two years, and one of the ways he has done it is he systematized everything. If he gets a lead, it goes into a funnel, and that funnel gets worked, and it gets worked through to completion. He is an absolute machine with having systems in place for his finances, for his marketing, for his sales, for his planning for his trips, for the the writing the speech, for the follow-up afterwards, for gathering new leads. And as I watch his business grow and grow and grow, and I sort of peel back the layers and say, what is he doing that maybe I haven't done? It's all about having systems in place and when i talk to people like me and i talk about systems and i suck at it but when i talk to them about it this is an area that holds so many of us back especially if we're solopreneurs because we look at it as i'll get it done i get everything done and in the end i do get everything done but if i'm not getting it done efficiently then somewhere along the line i am dropping the ball so systems are very very important I also think then you have to differentiate in your area of expertise if you wanna have stability. So I don't have people who work for me and work on my systems, but I still need to find a way to make sure that I differentiate. And doing good service is not a differentiation. For me, being a good speaker, that's important, but at the end of the day, that's my product. I am the product. The way I stand out is through the way I market and the way I follow up, and the way I present myself in every single interaction. We have to think about those things in our business. Now, before I wrap up this episode, I have to thank our sponsor. And as you know, if you're a regular listener, I am a big fan of the sponsor of this episode. And that is Podfly Productions. Podfly Productions helps you create and grow your podcast. If you want to start a podcast, you need to call the people at Podfly Productions. Jump over to their website at podfly.net and find out all the great things they do behind the scenes to make your podcast sound phenomenal. I would never have been able to start Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do if I had not met the people at Podfly Productions. While it's not hard with all the wonderful tools that exist now to edit and put together a podcast, I also know that it's not my forte, and so I work with Podfly. Jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and see the offer they have for the listeners of this show if you want to start your own podcast. One other thing I wanted to talk about, about entrepreneurs and business, is I wanted to talk about the chaos that exists in so many companies. You know, it's just absolute craziness, and it's sort of a badge of honor. People get really excited that they can hide behind being busy and stressful, and they think it's great that their company, that people are sleeping on the floor, but I don't know that that is the healthiest way for any of us to run our business. If chaos has worked its way into your company, you need to start thinking about how do we simplify all of the crazy? How do we not let people let busy be their self-identity? And think about it. People are busy, busy, busy. And anytime you run into anybody you know, and you say, Hey, Bob, how are things going? The first words out of his mouth usually are, Oh my gosh, I'm so busy. And he tells you about everything on his calendar that makes his life so stressful. Well, you know what? We're competing with each other to prove who has a more stressful, busy life. I don't think that's how we win. I don't think that we win as entrepreneurs if our world is entirely chaos. If we're hiding behind busy and we're constantly nuts, we absolutely have to stop. And I'm trying to do that in my business right now. I'm trying to stop with the chaos and the confusion and not getting things done. And I'm trying to move all of that to a focus on action. It is what I need to talk to myself about every day is what actions am I taking that are leading me towards getting more clients. And that comes down to actions that relate to selling and developing new business. I have to be doing the things that it takes to get myself onto the short lists. So when I go in and work with people about sales and business development and I work with them, I talk about the fact that we don't have to focus on closing the sale. Right now we have to focus on getting you on more short lists because when anybody buys a product or a service, and it's true for my business, they usually talk to two or three options and they narrow it down to the final two and then They have a conversation and they figure out who is going to be the service provider who really is the one that's going to meet all their needs. Well, if I'm not taking action to get onto that shortlist – that I'm not being considered. And if I'm not being considered, there's no way someone's gonna hire me. I have a zero chance of getting hired if I'm not making the shortlist. So doing things that help raise my visibility, get people to think about me, remember I'm there, that has to be part of what I do every single day. The second thing is, is I have to be focused on customer service. I have to make sure that I'm not dropping the ball. Because meeting planners, who are who I work for, meeting planners are some of the busiest people I've ever met. And I don't mean it in the bad sense of busy. I just mean to pull off a major event. There are so many moving parts. And the speaker is just one part of that. So the more I can make them know that I have their back, the better off that is for my business. Because the reality is I do have their back. I am so proud to be part of the meetings industry. When I get hired by an association or a company to speak at their users conference or their annual meeting, I want to make sure that everything I do makes the life of that meeting planner or that committee or whoever is behind getting it done. I want to make sure they know that I am there to make their life better. But the problem is... I get caught up in all the stuff I have to do, and sometimes I don't follow through. I don't get my PowerPoint in time. They want to have my bio, and I think, oh, we got six months, and then I forget to send it. And while that stuff doesn't happen very often, I have to make sure that I'm making it a priority because the less stress I can create for the person planning the meeting, the more chance they're going to use me again. And this year, I'm starting to see more and more repeat business not just for the Master of Ceremonies stuff. I've always told people that being a Master of Ceremonies, that's one of my differentiators, and people use the same person year after year, and there's some truth to that. But now I'm finding people are willing to bring back the same person to be the keynote speaker two years in a row if that person has something new to talk about, which leads me to the third thing we have to do, and that is we have to innovate and we have to have fresh ideas. If we're trying to recycle the same old idea every single time, then I don't know if we're going to have longevity and sustainability. So I'm currently in the process of negotiating a third year to be the master of ceremonies for an event. And I love this client. They seem to like me, but I have used all of my material on their audience. Now, the truth is, is not everybody will come back and I could probably deliver the same thing the third year and everybody would be ecstatic about it. But the commitment that I'm making to them is if they hire me for next year, I will write an entirely new keynote and have an entirely new set of stories and style when I serve as the master of ceremonies. So the same body will walk out, but I will have innovated and reconstructed my entire, my entire portfolio of stories. Now that is a big commitment for a speaker to make. But I heard one time that Louis C.K., the famous comedian, I heard that every year he takes his stand up act and throws it out and starts over and writes a new act entirely. And when I think about that, it's scary. But at the same time, it's extravagantly exciting because I have really good stuff. I have good stories. I'm able to put it together. But what if I was to create a whole new set? Of material it might be better than what I've ever had before so that's what I'm trying to do I'm trying to focus on mastering an entirely new presentation and in addition to that I'm writing the one-man play and I've talked about this on past episodes that it's a one-man play that can serve in place of a keynote for a multi-day event instead of having just five keynote speeches at a five day conference, one of those days, it can be a 45 minute one man show that actually has a business message. Now that to me is new and it's fresh and I haven't seen other speakers do it. So it's a differentiator for me and meeting planners are starting to think, huh, that sounds interesting, but it has to be the right type of client because not everybody's gonna know how to explain to their audience that we're gonna have a little play put on by the Master of Ceremonies or put on by somebody who's a professional speaker. But I've already seen the script because I've written it, and it needs some work. But I'll tell you, by this time next year, or actually well earlier, by probably by Christmas, I'm going to have a product that would wow the pants off an audience. And I think if I can master it and that skill of acting instead of being a speaker works for me, I think it's going to be something that makes people say, "Wow, I have to have that for my conference." And this all falls into my plan to shake up my business, to make it better, to make sure that I'm not just seeking information as I serve myself as I serve my clients as an entrepreneur, but that I am actually seeking to master every part of my business. I'm trying to be focused on myself, on my clients, on my marketing, on sales on the team that I'm hoping to create and maybe add someone to be my assistant, and then also to focus on putting systems into place. I need to reinvent what I'm doing, and it's exciting as hell to be on the cusp of really kicking this up a notch. And I have to credit this podcast and the Cool Things Project for getting me fired up to do this. So that's another thing. I started by saying now's the time to join the Cool Things Project. I'm the host of it. I thought this was just something I would do and some people would pay me and join. Maybe I'd make a little money. I'd give a little back. As it's turned out, it has changed the way I look at focusing on getting things done in my business. The community that we've created, the accountability that we've created ties in to what I need at this point in my own career. And I'm already starting to see those results. So that's what I want to talk about today. Are you feeling charged up because you're focusing on mastery? Or are you still trying to go out and study for more knowledge? Don't overthink your business. Don't overthink your career. Put thought into it and be thoughtful. But don't overthink it. Get to the point where you're taking action and you're making things happen. And you're creating the future that you want to live. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. We're going to be back in a couple of days, and we'll have an interview with somebody really cool. But in the meantime, go on out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at tom.singer.